Spirit, come by me to the heart of procession of the Immaculate Mary, thy beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> They have no more wine. These were the words that Mary spoke to Jesus. Jesus responds, Woman, how does this concern of yours involve me? My hour has not yet come. <clears throat> we must not imagine Jesus responding in a harsh way to his mother. And then afterwards, just changing his mind, oh, I guess I'll do what she asks. No, Jesus knew all along that his mother was going to intercede for these people, especially this couple, with great embarrassment at a Jewish wedding to run out of wine. You don't do that. No. <clears throat> and this action by our Lord in response to his mother was planned for all eternity. We should rather imagine Jesus smiling at his mother. And <clears throat> when he says, Woman, what, what is this concern of yours? Why does it concern me? Looking lovingly into your eyes. And <clears throat> that is because he knows, as the God man, that from all eternity, it has been ordained, planned, that he would perform his first public miracle at the intercession of his mother, and that this will set the pattern for all of our future requests and all of Christ's actions for us. They will be done through Mary, the mediatrix of all the grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We should likewise imagine Mary smiling back at Jesus with a look of love as <clears throat> they converse back and forth. Because she surely knew that Jesus would act upon her request. I like to think that Mary read the heart of her son in this conversation that went back and forth between them. And <clears throat> Without her confidence, she tells the servants, do whatever he, my son, tells you. This significantly is the last statement that Jesus, that our, our Lady makes in the Gospel. She doesn't speak anymore. Her last words are instructing those servants, instructing us, do whatever my son tells you to do. Do his will, in other words, as I do his will. And Jesus then does as his mother asks. John tells us, who reports this miracle, this first miracle of Christ, there were six stone jars used for Jewish purification rites. And Jesus tells the servants, fill them to the brim. Then Jesus changes the water into wine, because this was Jesus' first public miracle. It carries with it much significance that is rich in symbolism. Um, <clears throat> you know, Mary here is the new Eve. That is how the church fathers described her from the very beginning of the church. Just as the first Eve cooperated with Adam in committing the first sin, that original sin, 
So Mary would cooperate with her son in raising up the human race and redeeming it. And um, <clears throat> the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, is referred to significantly by Jesus, not as mother, but as woman. That harkens back to Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelium, the first announcement of the good news of the gospel, where after that original sin of Adam and Eve, God says, he will put enmities between you, Satan, and the woman, between your seed and hers, and she will crush your head. The cooperation of the woman, who is Mary, is prophesied in this first announcement of the good news, and it's being fulfilled in this miracle, the first public miracle that Jesus performs, and it will <clears throat> find its, its, its finality, you could say, at the foot of the cross. <clears throat> the miracle at the wedding in Cana prefigures, in a beautiful way, Christ's redemptive sacrifice and the institution of the new and eternal covenant, which is a marriage covenant between Christ, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride. Significantly, Jesus performs his first public miracle in the context of a wedding feast. And the church recognizes, acknowledges that Christ's presence at this marriage um, is part of the institution of the, the sacrament of holy matrimony, where he raised is this natural institution of marriage to a supernatural level. The husband and wife are supposed to mirror that, that totally faithful and permanent bond between Christ the bridegroom and the church the bride. And Jesus tells his mother, my hour has not yet come. Why does he say hour? What is, what is this? Well, most of the commentators say that this hour refers to the time of his sacrifice. And it had not yet come, but which is prefigured, and you could say begins, in a sense, here at Cana, with the beginning of his public life, his first public miracle. It will culminate on Calvary, on the cross. It's inaugurated here at this beginning of his hour, so to speak. And John tells us the wine they were using ran out. This wine symbolizes the Old Covenant, the Old Law of Moses. The Law of Moses prescribed blood sacrifices to expiate sin and guilt. And the fact that the, ran, the, the wine ran out symbolizes that the Old Covenant is now passing away because it is incapable of cleansing people from sin restoring them to that state of grace that Adam lost by his sin. Christ is the new Adam. <clears throat> and these symbolic uh, events foreshadow the true sacrifice of Christ on the cross where he will restore us to, to grace, when possible that, that grace to come to us in baptism. The wine which Christ made symbolizes say the blood of the new and eternal covenant which was shed by Christ on the cross cleanses us from our sin. The fact that the water was changed into wine has a special significance because this relates to the aspect of the redemption 
by sacrificing the cross that is most filled with symbolism, and that is the piercing of the side and his sacred heart on the cross. When Jesus' sacred heart was pierced by the centurion's lance, both blood and water came forth. Blood, which cleanses us from sin, is a symbol of the Eucharist. The water, um, which washes that original sin away, is a symbol of our baptism. The stone jars were used for Jewish ceremonial purification rites. Again, the symbolism here, we are purified from sin by the blood of Christ, and the water was of baptism. And John tells us that these jars were filled to the brim. Everything he says in this, in this gospel passage has, has meaning and significance. And this symbolizes the superabundance of graces which flowed from Christ's most loving and sacred heart when he was pierced with the lance. Because Jesus won for us an infinite amount of grace because he is the infinite God, second person of the Trinity, who became man. The blood and water which flowed from his heart reveals God's infinite love for us. Christ poured out all for us. He had nothing more to give, the last drop of his blood. And <clears throat> we'll return to this beautiful fact that the miracle was performed through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This sets a pattern, uh, a pattern for all future activities uh, of and miracles of Jesus Christ. Everything must be requested, must be performed through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let us, in light of this beautiful account that St. John leaves us in the Gospel today, let us ask Mary to intercede for us, her children, that we may be true servants of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, doing whatever he tells us to do, and that if we are those good and faithful servants, that we will drink from those springs of the waters of salvation, uh, which flowed from Christ's sacred heart upon us. And we, in a sense, drink from those springs of salvation at every sacrifice of the Mass, where that sacrifice of Christ on Calvary is, is represented under the form of bread and wine. Let us ask Mary to, as our spiritual mother, to form us into worthy servants of her Son, so that we may one day partake of that heavenly wedding feast that is reserved for those who follow Christ's teaching after having participated in this life in this earthly wedding feast, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, our participation in this great heavenly feast that will be celebrated for all eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.